Welcome to Between Two Runners. My guest today, all the way from the hot seat, it's David. All right. Woo-hoo. So take us back to the early days. Well, first, thank you for uh, having me here, Robbie. It's yes. my pleasure to, to talk to you today, and I hope I won't bore your listeners with uh, too many old man stories, but I'll, I'll give it my best. So, yes, your, your oh, first sorry. question. Take us back to the early days of running. Yes. Yes, well, I started running when I was in high school, and I'm currently uh, 59 years old, so that does go way back. And I uh, joined the track team uh, because a couple of my close friends were on the track team, and they were very talented runners. Uh, One of my uh, best friends, actually was best man at my wedding, actually uh, went to state every year in Minnesota for his uh, mile time, and that was uh, uh, pretty exciting. But I, unfortunately, was not one of those fantastic runners. And Mm. even though they allowed me to join the track team and tolerated my presence, I never really added anything to the uh, to the actual team Mm. other than than just uh, my my jolly face and jovial attitude. Well, you did bring a certain je ne sais quoi, you would say. Indeed, indeed. One of the things that I remember very distinctly, it'll probably never leave me, is that I uh, I ran the two-mile event. That was I always felt drawn to the distances. I didn't seem to have the raw speed that the quarter-milers had. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I ran the two-mile event, and the one thing I do remember from my my days on the track team was that consistently I came in last place every single race. And it wasn't last place by a hair, mind you. This was last place by maybe a quarter mile. <laughs> it okay. Was, it was not. It was not pleasant, but you know, I always figured, well, somebody has to do it. Might as well be me. Right. So, uh, yeah, my time wasn't looking back on it now. I realized that, yeah, we were in a large high school, and so there were a lot of talented people around. Mm-hmm. My graduating class was around 600, and this was in uh, the Twin Cities of, of Minnesota. So there's a large running population up there. And, uh, you know, I, my two-mile time was still uh, less than 11, so I was, you know, doing five and change for each mile, but it, it still was good enough to get me in the last place. <laughs> right. So, so you were DFL. Yeah, you, you know it. And, right. Uh, uh, I, uh, I stayed And on even with for, that kind of time. I'm sorry? And, and that's a pretty decent time, all oh, things considered. Oh, yeah. No, I was, uh, you know, and I got faster and faster as the years went on, but with a large running population in the cities, I never... Even with my great times, I, I never was competitive at all in any race. I, I think I was never even in the top 10. I was always, you know, what I would consider maybe front of the pack runner in those early days, uh, but nothing to, to really write home about. Whereas my, my running buddies, um, who we kept running after high school and ran the local 10Ks all the time and started mm-hmm. running marathons, but uh, they would consistently come in top 10 or or sometimes uh, my my running buddy who went to state always came in like maybe in the top three. So he was he was uh, pretty good. His his uh, his best marathon time was a two thirty six. So he was quite talented even at the longer distances. I see. Uh, coming from a miler, being a miler and all. Two thirty six, huh? Yeah, that's not uh, that's not bad. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, you know, for the Twin Cities and all. Yeah. I, I didn't know you were a Minnesota native. I, I am as well. 
I'm surprised you couldn't uh, tell from my accent. Sometime my don't you know? <laughs> get, get, don't you know? It's real good there. Real. Oh good. sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my accent slips up sometimes, and I I have the long O's, and most people raise an eyebrow every now and then. Have you ever had rhubarb pie? And yes. Have I you have. ever said oofta? Oh yes. On more than one occasion. Yes, indeed. Okay. And and not just drinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So moving on. Uh, what? How, how did things go after high school? Oh, they went pretty well. I I really enjoyed running, and actually the the I started the track team in high school in my junior year, and then started the cross country team in my senior year. In between my junior and senior year, I kept running all summer long, and I decided that I I really liked it, and it was it was fun. It was relaxing. We didn't really know what we were doing. This was the mid seventies, so mm-hmm. there really was. Uh, not a lot of information about running. It was about that time that Jim Fix's classic book, uh, The Complete Runner, came out, and that uh, changed my life as far as running went in terms of proper shoes and training and, right. and all that stuff, which really helped when we when we stepped up and, and after high school started running marathons. Mm-hmm. So my buddies and I would run uh, together. We'd run sometimes twice a day um, just because we... Um, we both we all went to college in the Twin Cities area, so we would um, stick around and run at the local races. Okay. So we ran 10Ks every weekend, and then like once a month or so, or or however, would go out and run a marathon. And and we didn't have any idea on how to do that other than you just get out there and run. Okay. And it was a lot of fun, and I just kept up with it and and really enjoyed it. Were you a part of the Golden Gophers team? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Absolutely not. When I got to college. Um, I did go to the University of Minnesota, but I, I was nowhere near what their talent was. Okay. And uh, my, my other running buddy, though, he did get a, a running scholarship to, um, to Hamlin University in uh, St. Paul. Okay. So he was, he was talented enough that they paid for his college education to watch him run. So that was, uh, that Good was excellent. Him. And you're still friends? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. talk to us about... Uh, going from uh, two mile to uh, the longer distance, was was it an instant jump off the diving board into twenty six point two, or was it an easy progression up to that distance? Oh no, it was it was pretty much a big jump. We you know we ran ten k's, and then there really back in the early days of running, there weren't that many races. I mean now you can go out and get ten k's, fifteen k's, twenty k's, and beer marathon and beer marathons, and yeah. there are all kinds of running groups. But back then there really wasn't. We we had a, a relatively small running scene in the Twin Cities, uh, a few local marathons around that had started, and so we just uh, you know read what we could. Um, you know, magazine articles or, or whatnot, and, and tried to, um, you know, pay attention to what other people were saying about running marathons and what things we should think about and do. But other than that, it was just we went from 10K to marathon, and, and that was that. Now, granted, the marathons, again, at that time were still pretty small. Grandma's Marathon, which was in Duluth, Duluth and we yeah. ran that as our first marathon, that uh, had about 300 participants at that time. It was the third annual Grandma's okay. Marathon. So, All right, early days. Yeah, the very early days. And, yeah. and uh, you know, this was back when Bill Rogers and Frank Shorter were tearing up the roads in the marathon, so they were our heroes, and we would read what they would say in various articles. And but that was pretty much our, our strategy. It was just pretty much go out there with your Timex triathlon watch and try and watch your pace yeah. and see if you could hold a pace 
of for whatever target time you wanted. And so we would go out and say, well, I think I'll just try and see if I can hold a seven-minute mile. And <laughs> you just run out there and see what happens. Right, until your legs fall off. Yeah, yeah. Now, was there ever a dip in your, in your running career? Oh, yes, a very big dip. Uh, I entered college, and then as college went on, uh, I had more and more time for schoolwork and less and less time for running. So I see. And what I, were you going I, to school for? I, I started off as uh, a major in chemical engineering and switched to a biochemistry microbiology double major. And then when I took my first genetics class, I decided that I wanted to get a PhD in genetics. And so I entered graduate school. And after graduate school, I really didn't run very much. I think I ran one race when I was a postdoc and it was uh, a half marathon and it was very clear from my performance that I should have stopped at 10k. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run face first right into the middle of it. Exactly and then I had another six miles of really horrific trudging through you know hot pavement and whatnot. So how much downtime before you actually started lacing your shoes back up again and getting after it? Yeah, close to 30 years. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's a lifetime for a lot of people. I, uh, so yeah, I finished or stopped running, I guess, in my mid-20s when I was a postdoc and then picked it back up again uh, in my mid-50s when I just decided I was a little tired of being a chunky monkey and decided mm -hmm. to drop a few pounds and I'd always liked running as far as exercise went. So went out and bought a pair of running shoes, strapped them on and, and took off around the block. And that was the, my first <laughs> set of training uh, routes was just around our block in our neighborhood. And okay. I kept that up until I, I could actually do a couple of miles without completely dying. And when was it that you, you kind of found your, the running tabs and, and, and your tribe here in town? Oh yeah, so after running a bit, um, one of my good friends in a different department at the university uh, suggested I come to him for a Thursday running group at Tipples, and that's where I found running tabs. And so we ran together for uh, quite a while until he, he had some knee issues, I think a torn meniscus or something that wasn't uh, really easily repairable. And so that kind of took him off the roads for a while. But we ran together several years, and that's how I found uh, Tipples, and then that's how I met uh, various others in the ultra running community mm -hmm. and that's how I actually got into ultra marathoning. Right. So what was your first race back? It was a 5k. It was held by, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he, he worked as the manager for fit to run and he organized a 5k trail run at The Rock in uh, Gainesville. Okay. And that was my first race and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot slower than I remember running 5Ks, but nonetheless, I, I really enjoyed myself and I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do this again. So I started signing up for more and more 5Ks. Okay. And then eventually I signed up for my first marathon in, in the, the old body. Okay. And what was uh, this first marathon that you signed up for? This first marathon was the Jack's Bank Marathon in Jacksonville. Oh, so just right up the street. Yeah, yeah, and and I was really looking forward to that. Although what had happened was during my training, I I did something that had never happened to me before, which was overtrained. Ah. And so I kind of went out and and was very aggressive on all of my paces for all of my training runs, and I just wore myself out to the point where I 
I wasn't getting enough recovery. So I mm-hmm. took a week off before the marathon, but it, it wasn't enough. And that was a pretty pathetic marathon performance. And I, I finished <laughs> and yeah. I was pretty embarrassed about my time. And uh, my wife Paris said, well, just tell people you finished. And I said, but what if they ask what time I got? She says, you tell them you finished. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. And so. And that's all that really does matter. Yeah. Although I can, I can tell people that uh, my first time back, it was a five hour, 22 minute marathon. That yes. was, it was, it, and that's, that's not at all what I was wanting to do for this, I assure you. What was your goal time for? My goal time was about four hours. Okay. I was thinking maybe a 410 or something. Okay. Maybe crack the four hour code. Yes, yes. I would have been pleased with uh, breaking four hours for sure. But I uh, that overtraining yeah. uh, took it out of me. I was able to put up a pretty good fight for the first half, and then there was a lot of slow trudging through the second mm. half. And a lot of positive po- splits. <laughs> yeah, one <laughs> very positive splits indeed. And so at one point during the last three miles or so of this thing, I'm walking along in the heat. There's this this one stretch of uh, the last part of the Jack's Bank Marathon that's in the sun along this major roadway. It's it's pretty harsh. So I'm walking slowly up this hill, and this race walker comes by, and he just flies by me. And of course, as he goes by, he has a nice snide comment, you know. <laughs> and I wanted to wanted to push him over or something, but I couldn't right. catch him. <laughs> so. <laughs> It was pretty pretty pathetic, but <laughs> although one thing that that did just throw him over the bridge, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> little heave ho, right? <laughs> just, that's right. But was at, he wearing a helmet by any chance? <laughs> no, actually, he wasn't dressed in the speed suit either. Oh, okay, but, but he was moving at a good clip, and all right. Uh, well, God bless him. Yeah, exactly. But the the experience did teach me a lot about myself, and then uh, also. I did. I, I got two positives out of it, and one was that I figured I really could run an ultra marathon because I could stay on my feet for five and a half hours. Right. <laughs> so that that was nice. I, I was like, yeah, I can take that away from this race. And the other thing was, my next race, I'm going to take more than an hour off of my marathon time, <laughs> and you can't say that too often in your life either. You know, if I do that twice, you know, I should be on the podium at the Olympics. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so. Here come yep. those sponsorships and everything. Yeah, exactly. So after that marathon, where did it go from there? Did you kind of kind of regroup and figure out where you kind of overtrained and kind of figured out those nuts and bolts of how do I how do I get to the start line, you know, feeling 100%? Yes, that was uh, that was definitely it. I I I actually stepped back, looked at my training program, and a lot of the training programs were all based on either a particular race time or your fastest mile or some such thing. And then the paces for the various training runs would all be based off of those paces. So I, I picked up another training program and, and really tried to adhere to it in terms of the pace. In the previous training program, I admit, I, I brought it all on myself by trying to exceed every pace that I was supposed to run by, <laughs> you know, 10 or 15 seconds per mile, mm-hmm. which I think over a period of five months probably led to the overtraining. Well, but, I, uh, I, I so the rem- next time I, I really did try and hold to the, the plan and, and oh. actually and actually broke eventually broke four hours in my, my marathon time. So that pleased me. 
Congratulations. Thanks. And what was this marathon? Uh, it was, again, the uh, Jack's Bank Oh, marathon. you went back to I, Exact I back, Revenge. Exactly. That's nice. what it was. Revenge. <laughs> this time, vengeance will be mine. Indeed. Good deal. So you broke four hours, and where did it go from there? Where you're well, like, hey, I've heard good things about this ultra stuff. Let's do one of those. Yeah, so even back in my 20s, when I was first starting to run marathons, uh, this was, you know, again, very much in the early days of endurance running. And, and even back then, my friends and I had heard about the races such as the Western States 100 and Badwater, and we couldn't believe that, that people could run for 100 miles. And so we all, you know, were, were putting that kind of on our bucket list, saying, you know, let's, let's see what happens. We'll do a few marathons, and maybe we'll start training for these, these ultra events and see what happens. Well, we all kind of drifted away, and, and you know, life happens and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I started putting a few more marathons under my belt, when I returned to running, I was thinking, you know, now it is time to try that, that ultra thing. And we had uh, Patrick Gallagher show up at Tipples a few times and regale us with these really cool stories of the many races that he's run. And, mm-hmm. and it, it just really kind of sparked that idea that I should really try that again. So I, I signed up for Patrick's gate-to-gate course and or gate-to-gate run, and I thought uh, I'd, I'd give trail ultramarathoning a try. Yes. Had you done a lot of trail work prior to this race? No, I had not done much trail work at all. I had really only run on the roads, and so I started running at the Rock in Gainesville and started running at San Felasco to get trail legs. And okay. I decided that, yeah, the, the trail running is a lot of fun. I had, you know, maybe in my 20s done a little tiny bit of trail running, but uh, very, very little. Okay. So I, I found out that, uh, yeah, it's a completely different beast than road running, and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely something you need to, to train for. Yeah. Do you prefer road running to trail running? Uh, I prefer them both, I guess, at different times. If I do nothing but trail running for a few months, then I prefer road running. If I do a lot of road running, then I prefer trail running. Yeah. So it just depends how, you know, what my particular thing is that I'm doing that. I got you. So how was your first gate to gate? I really liked it. It was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked finally going further than 26.2 miles. I remember looking down at my Garmin and going, woohoo, <laughs> when I hit 26.3. Yes. And then promptly uh, wasn't watching where I was putting my feet and stubbed my big toe really hard and oh, cried like a girl for the next 100 <laughs> yards. And ah. oh, it was painful. Every step hurt. And then that toenail uh, eventually, of course, fell off. And mm. it's, uh, it's not been very pretty ever since. So. Ouch. Yeah. So how was your experience with that? Were you like, yes, I'm going to do more of these? Oh, yeah. When I, As soon as I, I did the, that was a, a 50K run, and as soon as I did that, I was like, yeah, I, I, need, to, I need to challenge myself. You know, my ultimate goal, of course, will be the 100-miler, the but I'll work my way up to it because I, mm-hmm. I don't have, of course, any experience with these longer runs. And since I had a lot of experience with marathoning, and the 50K is just a slightly bit longer than a marathon. I was like, well, this isn't quite exactly the challenge. So I better, mm-hmm. I better try and see if I, can, if I can just hold it together for, you know, twice that distance. So I signed up for my first uh, 100K. Okay. And what was this first 100K? The first 100K was Iron Horse. 
Okay. And that's down, I think, in Flora Home, Florida. Yes. And what I liked about that was that they did have the option of dropping down to a lesser distance if you found yourself in trouble <laughs> in the middle of that race. Uh-huh. And so uh, it was my first time trying these really long distances, and indeed, I got to experience the highs and lows that people inevitably feel during these longer distances. Uh Unfortunately, my low point lasted from about 32 miles all the way to 50. (laughs) Oh, that's a nice long low (laughs) point. That was was something I wasn't really prepared for. But, uh, so I never made it the full 100K. I ended up dropping down to the 50 because I I had just had it at that point. (laughs) Felt like I needed to get off of the course. And, and it's funny, I mean, you, you, this is one of the things about ultra running is there's a lot more mental fortitude that you need to, to keep going in these races. Yes. And I, I learned that, you know, after sitting in a chair for about 20 minutes, at the end of that, at the end of the 50 miles, I kind of thought, yeah, I could go longer. <laughs> right. So, I just have to have the right positive mental attitude. That's right. Just have to actually work your way through those highs and lows. So. Uh-huh. And have you been able to to conquer that? Yes. I I signed up for a 100-mile event, which was the uh, Long Haul uh, 100. Yes. And that was one of those where once I figured out that when you get to that really deep fatigue, that it doesn't get worse. So you can... That's your baseline. That's the baseline. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So once I realized that I could keep running... It's not going to get any worse than this. And it's not going to get any worse. And you walk a little bit, and then it feels better. And you run a little bit till you can't run anymore. And you walk a little bit, wait till it gets a little bit better. And I felt like, oh, yeah, all I have to do is stay vertical, and I can conquer this. And Uh so that's what I ended up doing is uh, the last 50 miles were not very quick. But, man, I I powered through them, and and I was very happy with uh, a finish. Yeah. I succeeded and got that, and as you can see, I'm still wearing the buckle. (laughs) It's a beautiful buckle. Indeed. And and that race is on my list for 2020. Excellent. I I am sure you're going to crush it, and just remember when you're feeling your worst. And matter of fact, when I was out there and I was feeling really crappy, I remember what my wife and, and crew person told me. She said, now remember, when you're feeling really low, and you feel like you can't go on, and the world is closing in around you, just keep running. <laughs> <laughs> That's sage advice right there. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in my back pocket. There you go. Pull it out when I'm, when I'm in the pain yes. cave, as That's it were. It. That's it. Those low points, they will go away. You just got to keep, keep moving forward. Okay. Good deal. Now, where does it go from here? What else is on the list? Any well, dream now, races? Uh, yeah, I have uh, additional races signed up. I've always wanted to do the Keys 100 ever since I visited Key West many, many years ago. I felt like, wow, that's such an iconic Florida thing, the Florida Keys, and it'd be really cool to run from Key Largo to Key West. And so next May, I'll try and do uh, the Keys 100. Okay. Um, Prior to that, though, I got kind of talked into doing the Wild Florida 120. Really? Yes, I and I'm not sure whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, but well, yeah, it just depends on who you ask. That's right. I I like the idea of the challenge, but if I sit down and think about it, it scares me that that uh, that is such a long distance, and I am not a fast guy. Uh, 
at these ultra distances. So I think of how many hours it's going to take me and, and I get a little intimidated. But other times, you know, I just glance down, look at my buckle and go, oh, yeah, I, I crushed that hundred. Right. What's another 20? <laughs> look at our, look at the storied resume. I, I can That's do this. Right. Yeah, indeed. So sometimes I fool myself into thinking that it's uh, that it's doable. But, right. you know, we'll see. This is just going to be a walk in the park. Right. <laughs> or a swamp. Or, or a crawl right. through the swamp, right? <laughs> One of the above. So what would you say your favorite thing about running is? Uh, for me, it's always been a competition with myself, and I've always, I'm always trying to either break a PR or, you know, try to do a little faster on a Strava segment or challenge myself with a, either a more difficult race or a longer distance. And so what I like about running is it is a very personal thing. You don't need to have other competitors to go out and do it if you're competitive. You can compete against yourself and be, be perfectly happy. And of course now with the social aspect of running things like Strava and Garmin Connect and whatnot, you can actually compete against others on various routes. And so I, I like the independence that running offers. And then plus, you know, you have the added benefit of burning lots of calories, and heaven knows I like drinking beer, so <laughs> I, I need a way to burn calories, and, and running's a good way to do that. And it doesn't take a lot of extraneous equipment or anything. I don't need mm-hmm. to go find a mountain as you know, if I was a rock climber. I can, I can do it pretty much anywhere at any time in any weather. Yeah. And, and so I like that personal aspect of it. It's, it's very nice to know that I can go out and do a sport and not have to... Um, you know, rely on getting a group of people together to do it. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite places around town to run? Well, certainly San Falasco. It's a great trail system, and I still, you know, I think I finally have set foot on all the trails, but I couldn't be certain. I mean, there's such a <laughs> gigantic number of trails, and they, they are really well set up and well maintained, and mm-hmm. it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. There's always something new out there, you know, whether you see a uh, an interesting snake or a herd of deer or something. A Wookiee. A Wookiee, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's that's one of my favorite spots. And then I have uh, some routes around town that are um, some of my favorites. There's a, a route that takes me through Tioga. They have some nice little paths that are off of the, the main drag. So you can I can run there, run around the circle and there's various water stops so i don't have to worry about carrying a lot of stuff with yeah and of course as you mentioned earlier the beer marathon route put together by verity it's just it's such a perfect route there's only one short segment at the end that's a little tough but again that has to do with the usually the time of day that you're going through it and the fact Mm -hmm. that you've already put 20 miles on your legs that right makes it a little bit tough but it's a wonderful route you get a full marathon in and you get to stop at, you know, my favorite places, which are all the local breweries in town. No. And how many times have you done that route now? Well, yeah, she started it uh, a while ago, uh, about a month and a half ago, and I think I've done it five times now. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, thank you. <laughs> it was fun. It's, it's a great route, and I use that as my heat training for the Keys 100 next okay. year. Okay. Good stuff. Is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Um. I can tell you an interesting story of my early marathon days. Absolutely. Okay. This is uh, my friend um, Matthew, who uh, at the time went by the nickname Mogi. And I don't know where he got that nickname, but I always knew him as that in high school. And so we, uh, Mogi and my other 
friend Mark and I had been training for this upcoming marathon. I think this was probably the second time that we were running grandmas, but I, I, I could be mistaken. It might have been a, a Wisconsin marathon. But nonetheless, we were doing our usual training with no thought at all to resting heart rate or various paces, just go out and run a lot. And so Mogi was uh, dealing with some shin splints that he thought were shin splints anyway. And one of his legs had really hurt after these runs, and he kind of took care of it as best he could, and we kept training. And uh, eventually, you know, it was getting pretty bad where it was affecting his running. And he was like, well, you know, I don't really know what to do. I don't really want to go into the doctor yet. And, you know, our race is coming up. And so we kind of hit the taper period before our race. And so he just kind of forgot about it. Said, well, it'll probably lighten up a little bit before the race. And, you know, he probably took a couple of aspirin or whatever. So anyway, so we get into the... The marathon, and you know, my friend Mark takes off. He's he's doing really well, and my friend uh, Mogi, I think, in this race he broke three hours pretty handily. This might have been like a two forty-five or something, but nonetheless, so he's way way ahead of me. <clears throat> but what happens to him is, so his leg starts hurting him, you know, later in the race, and he was like, well, you know, heck with this. I'm doing well. I'm going to keep running. So he he holds his pace, booking along really well. At about 100 yards before the finish line, he hears a crack. And then his leg is in excruciating pain. And so he literally drags his leg across the finish line for this, you know, like a 245 marathon. Wow. And he's in really bad pain, so they hustle him off to the tent, the medical tent. And the people at the medical tent say, you know, what happened? He goes, well, my leg really hurts. They said, oh, you probably sprained your ankle. And he goes, no, no, I think I broke a bone. They're like, that's impossible. And so they, like, twist his foot. And he's like, oh, that really hurts. He goes, yeah, see, you hurt your ankle. And he goes, no, no, no. Anyway, they send him off to the to the ER. And he gets in the ER, says the same thing to the ER guy. And they're like, oh, no, you just sprained your ankle. Nobody breaks a leg in a marathon. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So anyway, they eventually x-ray him. And sure enough, he had had a, a bad stress fracture in his fibula. And it broke <laughs> during it just, the race, just separate, completely separated. And, of course, all the twisting of his ankle didn't help it any either. Right. And so they ended <laughs> up putting him in a full leg cast, you know, to keep that thing immobilized while it, it, uh, it healed. Wow. But that's like the best marathon story I've ever heard. A guy breaking his leg during the race and dragging it across the line. <laughs> For a phenomenal finish as well. Yeah. So had Facebook been around back then, I'm sure that would have gone completely viral. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, is is he running these days? Uh, I haven't spoken with him in a number of years. Um, I I'm not sure that he is still running. Okay, fantastic story yeah. though. Thanks so much for coming over. I'm very very happy, very happy to have been here. Thank you. That does it for this edition of. Between Two Runners. Join us next time for a very special guest. Between Two Runners. Sponsored by the Athlete's Den, Exoskin, and of course, Pancakes.